Should we just suck this this week's pod off completely and just talk about cyberpunk <laughs> and Red Dead Redemption? cyberpunk. <laughs> yeah. Tipping Liverpool to stay up this year. <laughs> Thanks for explaining how the Premier League works then. Enjoy that now. No. Uh, <laughs> Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Football Times podcast with myself, RadioTimes.com sport editor Michael Potts. And I'm joined in the virtual studio by the man who will not leave the virtual studio. It's BBC Match of the Day magazine writer Jake Wilson. How are you doing, Specs? I am good. You just can't get rid of me, can you? I can't. You just keep going back. Yay. Where are you, Stubbsy? Where are you, Stubbsy? Come on, boy. <laughs> um, we're getting ready for a big old Christmas with plenty of football coming on TV. Uh, but before all of the, the festive rush starts... Um, well, I guess I guess this is kind of the start of it, really, because mm. we have a full round of games on TV this weekend from the Premier League, um, and then we have a full batch of games next week on Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, all live on Amazon Prime. So you've got twenty games of football coming up in the next. Oh, well, I mean, there are there are more games and more leagues going on, but twenty games of Premier League football coming on uh, over the next few days. Um, we're going to be taking a look at some of the biggest games happening this weekend. Uh, we're going to run through our Fantasy Premier League delights this week, Jake Wilson. Delights this week. That's just about enough of introduction waffle. Uh, let's dive straight in with Leeds versus West Ham. That's a Friday night kickoff. Uh, so you get your, your weekend starts early. Fantasy Premier League players take note of the deadline. Um, and that is live on Sky Sports Premier League and main event and now TV. Uh, it kickoff. Uh, Leeds. <sighs> Very much, I mean, I know we talked about Spurs and City being all or nothing in terms of the Amazon series, but Leeds are very much an all or nothing team. They, I can't quite get a read on Leeds at the moment. In the last six, they've, they've either conceded, well, they've conceded three or more goals in three of those games and then kept clean sheets in three of those games. <laughs> You're never quite sure which Leeds is going to turn up. No, you don't. And maybe it's because they had an Amazon series as well. Maybe it is that. Um, there is, there is not that, an all that or nothing though is it <laughs> it's not an all or nothing but they, they did have one it still happened um, yeah they're a funny one um, they, they've given, uh, Bielsa's given us as much info as he can on what to expect this week though we've got the starting 11 uh, in his press conference <laughs> the other day he was asked a question and he read it out Meslier, Dallas, Ailing, Cooper, Alioski, Phillips, Rafinha, Click, Rodrigo, Harrison, Bamford that's it we know <laughs> That's the lineup. I love Bielsa. So if you're playing FPL and uh, you're like, oh, shall I bring the, the Cookston Cafu in? You can bring him in because he's starting this week. Dallas is there. So uh, if you've got a few 4.6 mil uh, spare, then uh, then you know he's going to be in your side. So um, yeah, Bielsa is... Uh, Cafu. The Cookstown Cafu. <laughs> That's an incredible line. <laughs> I um, My mate grew up with him, actually. My mate from Cookstown grew up with Stuart Dallas. So yeah. I was always Brilliant. like, oh, whoop-de-doo, mate. You grew up with a, with a you know, lower championship sort of backup player for Leeds. And now he's like his Premier League starting, <laughs> starting wing back. Yeah, there we go. Um, pod, mate. Yeah, get that link going. I know. Get, get, get him on the pod. I didn't <laughs> our, new favorite, our new favourite one. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's quite hard to work out. Why isn't it? Like, I, I, like you say, they're, they're, I mean, they're predictable in their lineup, I suppose. Um, but you know the, the the games they've conceded three or, or four to have been Crystal Palace, Chelsea, Leicester, 
I don't know, maybe all quick front lines. Eze, Pulisic, Vardy have all scored against them. Maybe that, maybe that bit of pace they can't quite deal with at the back. Um, yeah, all the, all the... being brave against them. I mean, Leeds are a brave side. Maybe teams actually, you know, um, thinking let's have a go at these boys and, and try and exploit them might, might, be a, might be a way through them. Definitely, definitely. And I think with the, they've had quite a few centre-back problems um, of late. Like for, thi- for this week, um, they are playing Ailing at Cooper at the back, but um, Ailing's usually seen on uh, one of the full-back positions. Um, and Cooper hasn't been uh, touted as a long-term option as centre-back. I think long-term, he wants to play Lorente and Koch as these two centre-backs, mm. Bielsa. But he's not got them available to potentially the end of the year, and that's just one of them. So um, there has been some injury disruption there. And that's not what you want when you've just come up to the, uh, the Premier League and you're facing Timo Werner and <laughs> Jamie Vardy. No, so, no, no, not at all. Um, uh, yeah, obviously they've got the, the the style they like to play, high intensity, high action. Um, so that definitely works against teams that maybe are a little bit more resistant to um, taking it to them. But I know Wolves, when we played them, um, we beat them and we did a bit of both. You know, we're, we're very good defensively, but then we'll attack teams quickly uh, when we can. So um, we also need to make sure that, um, yeah, defensively, they've got a little bit of stability. Um, even if they can't keep picking the same centre-backs week in, week out. Mm, absolutely. And you mentioned their high, this high-intensity sort of the approach that they play in every single game, no matter of the, the opposition, which is very, very commendable. But you do think this, is a, this, all, this season is a marathon, not a sprint. And I mean, this season of all seasons, we're, we're, we're approaching Christmas and we've only played, some teams have only played 10 games. And obviously, we're, we're, we're used to being sort of halfway through the season nearly at this point. And you, you do just worry once this pile up, you know, could this pile up just take a bit of wind out of their sails, maybe? Um, and then in, you know, 2021, there's still a heck of a lot of football to play. Uh, I'm, I'm a little bit worried for Leeds, you know. I, I, I do like them and I, I wanted, to come up, wanted them to come up for years. Um, I love Bielsa, I love some of their players in there just worry that they might run out of steam and that you see you see don't you sometimes in the back end of a season teams just um i don't know they lose that buzz that initial rush in the premier league um you do just wonder whether you know when it gets to the the nitty gritty of march april whether they're still going to have enough left in the tank to see them through um and and this is where crowds i mean i've i've been thoroughly enjoying listening uh, watching matches with uh, with natural crowd sounds, not some sort of FIFA nonsense. Um, having having proper crowds getting behind them, and like you know, if by the end of the season, hopefully, you know, once we all get this this thing stuck in our arms, um, you know, you wonder whether a bit of a fuller Elland Road could be could be a bit of a crucial factor for them as as the season wears on. But but you need to manage that uh, those those injuries and, and fitness worries. Um, at the moment over Christmas uh, and also they're, they're coming up against West Ham who are safe to say they're flying in the league right now obviously not a great result against Man United but a very very good performance in the first half did, did you catch any of that at all or were yeah, not they, um, nice. they were unfortunate really to kind of lose that, that badly they, were, they seemed very in control in the, in the first half especially and then United as they seem to do are finding some yeah. comebacks uh, down the back of the sofa um, uh, so, so yeah, I think they got United got away with one there more so than than uh, West Ham being poor. They did obviously throw away a lead um, quite um, quite easily in the end. But um, but all over the pitch, there is quality and there is class, 
and there's um there's not many positions that you could look to upgrade so they're kind of playing the back five now and that seemed to work in Cresswell as the left center back seems to have settled in really well and Ogbonna seems to be playing really well uh central midfield you know we spoke about Suchek a lot on here as well doing the dirty work and playing forward and scoring goals that's brilliant I think the only place that you'd really kind of look and um, be a little bit worried for West Ham fans now is is up top. Um, Antonio is still out injured with his hamstring that he did against um, Villa a couple of weeks ago. Um, and then so they're playing Allaire back up top, who looks a little bit fresher, a little bit more mobile maybe, a little bit more um, clinical than in the past. He, he got a goal um, this season. But um, that's not the, the confidence builder that you, you want in your striker. You want a striker that um, scores every other week and is consistent and always has been and I think maybe that if they're going to look at anyone in January a top level clinical forward maybe someone like Moussa Dembele at Lyon who was phenomenal at Celtic um, not super cheap but if West Ham have real ambitions to get that Europa League place get 6-7 um, then maybe a striker is what they need what what is a transfer window without a West Ham striker hunt? I feel like every single <laughs> yeah, every single window it's just like, oh yeah, lads, we're gonna get Lacazette, we're gonna get Carlos Backer, we're gonna get Scott Hogan, we're gonna get Jordan Hugo. It's just like it, it, it's amazing. The, the aim the aim for the very heights and end up sort of you know maybe not quite hitting the heights, but um, yeah, West Ham and and that striker position has long been a bit of a poison chalice, really, hasn't it? Um, yeah, they're an interesting. Team. I, th- I think Bowen's doing really well on the on the on the side. Uh, he probably should have scored the other night, to be fair. Um, but he was getting in behind Man United sort of at will, really. That, and and that's probably why he should have he, he should have been more clinical with his chances. But um, and and Haller as well. He's one of those players, isn't he? Where you you really want it to work. Or I, well, I do. I really want it to work for him because he ha- he's so big and strong, and you just think like. There's so much power in this man. <laughs> and it's like, if he just, just, you know, the other night when he slipped over that, that crucial moment, had he scored there in front of the fans against Man United, everybody's excited. That could have been a real turning point, I think, in his West Ham career. Um, it's not to say that can't happen this weekend, next weekend, whenever it is. Um, but I still think there's a player in there somewhere. And we've seen him in the Cups performing well. And, and this is a time as well when a lot of... West Ham sort of big money spending signings whatever you want to call them they have not been they haven't been consistent and a few of them have already been shipped out and Haller's sort of stuck around maybe maybe more of necessity but you, you just think like come on boy like the rest of the team is is you know um is massively improved this time around and it's just kind of like come on Haller like get that goal you know, go on a run, go on a streak, put, you know, force yourself in a contention because he's obviously good enough. He's obviously talented enough. It's just like, come on, boy, break out of that, you know, maybe downward confidence spiral. Um, and obviously Antonio, when he is fit, great striker and, and, and seems to be getting better in his later years as well, or maybe more appreciated in his later years. Um, it's an interesting one. Definitely. Like, they've got the players behind the striker. They've got Bowen and Fornals who have been playing regularly. But then you brought Ben Rama in from Brentford, mm-hmm. who can't get a start. And from having watched him in the championship, he is supremely talented. Um, and if he gets a shot, 
Um, he will tear defenders to shreds. But then they've got like Lanzini and Snodgrass and Yarmolenko still. So making that work with 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 the striker, um, like I said, I'm 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 with you on Haller. Um, he was great in Germany. Um, I just don't hope it isn't one of those players that's brilliant somewhere, but maybe is in the wrong club playing playing the wrong way for him. Hopefully that isn't the case. But um, but yeah, he's got the attributes. Sorry, sorry to cut in there. I, was, I think he's got the attributes to. He's the sort of player who will go back to Germany, go back to France, wherever he wants to, wherever he's going, and and absolutely tear it up. Like I still think he's probably got that in his locker, and it's such a shame that you know some players maybe can't quite um, hit the heights in the Premier League. But he's strong enough, he's big enough, uh, and and <laughs> but for a but for a slidey stud the other night, he would have <laughs> he would have put one in the net and uh, and got his season probably underway. Um, Prediction, Leeds versus West Ham. Leeds at home, but West Ham with, with the form, it's hard to call. I think I'm going to go West Ham. They've been playing, they've been playing really well. The form's on their side and, and momentum's really important. So, so yeah, maybe Haller gets one. Maybe he nods one in over the, the injured centre-backs. Maybe that's it, 1-0. 1-0, one, nil. One, one nil, Seb Haller. Come on, boy. Let's do, it. do this. We believe in you. Uh, you just you just head air there. Yeah, you can feel it, can't you? The ball's coming over, you can see it. Bang! Sometimes I forget that we're actually a podcast and not a video. Like I wish people could see some of the actions you come out with. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's ma- magical, magical. Uh, moving on, we have Wolves versus Aston. It's, it's your boys. It's the mighty oh. uh, Wolves versus Aston Villa. Uh, it's Saturday, twelve thirty kickoff on BT Sport. Um, couple of quick ones about Wolves I guess you're in the sort of the time where we're playing without Raul Jimenez obviously he was still recovering from his injury um, I mean it wasn't a great day out against Liverpool was it it wasn't a fantastic adapt- adapting to life um, life without Jimenez starting up front um, where, where are you at? What happened there? What went wrong? I'm trying to formulate my question here. What went, yeah, what um, went I think I think the Liverpool game is a poor indicator of where Wolves are. Um, <laughs> we were saying, me and my me and my Wolves supporting friends, that it was quite nice that we get um, turned over like that so infrequently. Um, <laughs> but yeah. but we did get absolutely turned over. Um, we had a we had a couple of sniffs, but it was really not a great performance. And um, yeah, uh, there was there was a couple of my mates that turned off um, when when played FIFA at sixty minutes, and you don't you don't we don't hear that very often as Wolves fans. We're pretty pretty dedicated, but I stuck it out, and it was it was it was tough watching. Um, and I think uh, we could have a few moments of those this month. Um, Jimenez is such a big miss; he's so key to how we play. Um, not just his hold up play and his link up play with the, the fast forwards, but how hard he works and how clinical he is in front of goal. Wolves, as, as we know, don't score quite as freely as some of the other te- teams in the league. But um, Jimenez was, was there to bail us out quite a lot. Um, and even though, you know, Neto's been on the score sheet recently, Podence has been on the score sheet recently, Troy Allray looks a, a player reinvigorated. Um, without that central um, focal point in our attack, which that we're so used to, um, it, it could be a little bit of a tricky time. Now, do we try Fabio Silva for this time um, and just give him give him some time to to learn the Premier League and hope the results are okay potentially? But he is a young man, a very talented young man, but a very young man at that with not a lot of 
professional experience do we put Troy Allray through the middle who um, as we know blows hot and cold even though he is um, wonderful at his best um, so yeah Nuno's got a, a real job uh, on his hands to, to pick that that front line um, and then if we play a, a four or a five um, at the back as well to accommodate so uh, it's transitionary time, but um, hopefully January um, we bring in some cover um, and, and uh, <laughs> that helps out in some way. Mm. I'd be interested to see Fabio Silva. I kind of think like there's so many times, isn't there, when you, you see at all levels this is, but when you you know you have untried youngsters or whatever who are sort of forced into game. I mean, look at Liverpool. You've got these untried youngsters playing in Champions League games and, and playing, you know, coming off the bench and you've got... Is uh, Nat Phillips playing sort of week in, week out now at centre back, and kind of you can tell he isn't, you know, in in the best respect, he's he's not a top class Premier League defender. He, he probably you know Championship maybe is his level at the moment, and yet because he's slotted into that side nicely into a good, well oiled unit playing the same system, the same style alongside good players, he's sort of being elevated to that level. Mm-hmm. And and I wonder whether with Fabio Silva. Um, Obviously, he's had probably a bit more experience than Nat Phillips at, at, at you know a decent standard of football. Um, obviously, a very different position as well. But you do wonder whether this is actually the perfect chance to play him. It's it's you know I wonder. Podens Neto Traore. There's not like a great deal of height particularly in there. There's not a great deal of. I mean, they're they're all technically fantastic players. They've got a bit of pace about them. They they know how to score a goal, but. I wonder if you just maybe need that natural clinical striker in there. Who's he's clearly done it at, at youth level and what have you. Um, I, I, I do. I do just think this is probably the time time to go with him, even if it's two or three games. Even if he doesn't score, you know, as long as you, as long as he's got the mental toughness. If say in three or four games he doesn't score a goal, as long as he's got the toughness to think, you know what, give it my best shot. I'll get another chance. I'll go again. It doesn't you know completely break him over Christmas. I, I don't see what the what the problem is with, with starting him there. I think he's, he's built very differently to Raul. He's not, he's not quite as tall. He's not quite as strong. Yeah, and, and I, think, I think that's, that's kind of how we've been playing. We've been utilizing Jimenez's his height and his strength. And when we, when we get down the wings, when, when Neto and Podence have got the ball, we've all, we've lacked for some time bodies in the box around Jimenez um, and without Jimenez, I think we're really going to be light in the box. Den Donkner, um, he powers into the box and he did against Liverpool a few times, but he never looks confident in himself. Like he looks like surprised when the ball hits him on the head almost. And that's, that's quite frustrating. We don't really have um, like a, a suit check, a strong midfielder that can burst through. Our midfielders are, are, are cultured, are classy. They're nevers, they're Moutinho, breaking down attacks, starting new things, setting the tempo. And then going forwards, we've got lots of smaller players and, and Fabio Silva kind of fits into that, that, um, that mould. Um, but yeah, not a lot of professional experience at all. He scored for our under-23s and, and I wouldn't mind seeing him play. But I wouldn't be confident that we're gonna we're gonna beat teams and we're gonna dominate in the air um, in in the same way um, until maybe we bring in another striker in the mould of Jimenez. We've been linked with um, Valencia's Maxi Gomez quite a lot. Um, mm. The Bull, he is nicknamed, um, which yes. gives you a, a clear picture of how he plays, <laughs> um, and I think that would quite suit us. Um, Fabio is definitely one for the future, but. 
but you're right, maybe he could be the present. Um, we'll trust in Nuno. Quite, quite like that sort of, <laughs> just sorry for most of the way you were talking there, I just kept thinking of all the Wolves players, just little, little glasses of champagne walking about the pitch, just like, you know, really classy, but not quite, you know, a pint. Sometimes you just need a pint in the field. Yeah, you need Jamie Vardy in his Red Bull, don't you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Absolutely that. Um, and they're up against Aston Villa. Um, I think we've chatted about this before, just in, in, in ten, well, in fact, in, in one word, is this a derby game? Yes. <laughs> that's, that's one word, and that's all I need to know. That's all I need to know. I think that, that says more than 20. It's um, a derby game, like you said, but it's not the not really derby, derby game. Yeah, so. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, Villa, they're coming off this sort of enforced break. I feel like they could sort of burst out the traps here a little bit. Um, after that, Newcastle game was postponed last week due to, uh, due to a COVID outbreak on Tyneside. Um, I guess that was probably done them the world of good, really, wasn't it? I, get, uh, I feel like we're going to keep coming back to fitness over the, over the course of this season. If it already feels that bit of a theme and, and just having that almost international break type, type you know, uh, week off, um, that, that's, that surely has done their players the world of good. But obviously, a bit of a weird run as well. Since that 7-2 against Liverpool, they've beaten Leicester and Arsenal, but then they've lost out to Leeds, Southampton, Brighton, West Ham. And, and, and those are the teams, aren't they, who... I don't think any of those Leeds, Southampton, Brighton, West Ham, I don't think any of those teams are in enormous, enormous, you know, red alert danger. And they'll all actually be looking at the same spots that Villa are looking at. I think that's very much the sort of upper, um, upper bottom half. I guess Southampton look like they're probably the exception and, and aiming a lot higher, uh, potentially West Ham as well. But I think they would all probably take that sort of 11th, 12th-ish sort of, sort of position. And... Um, those are absolutely the teams you need to beat in this league. Um, I know Watkins maybe not quite been on top form um, at the moment for them. Grealish uh, still, you know, being Jack Grealish and being excellent. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's just one of those, isn't it, where you need that consistency at this level. And, and they must be looking at Wolves and thinking, you know, without Jimenez, might have a bit of a chance here. Yeah, I think teams will fancy us a bit now. Um, I think they'll attack us slightly more. But um, I, I think you're right again on the the fitness front. You know, having a week off will have done the world of good. Um, and four losses in the the five previous to that break would have given um, you know them some time to to work on some things. Um, one thing I, I do like about Villa is they do seem to have goals in their side. I know they haven't scored in mm. every one of the games they've played recently, but from set pieces. You've got Tyrone Mings and you've got Ezri Konza, who are two big, big defenders um, and very capable of scoring headers and proving it. And then you've got Grealish, who is uh, phenomenal on the pitch um, and, and will score and will assist basically uh, every game. And uh, Watkins, on his day, breakaways, running at defenders, running in behind, um, it's always a danger. Um, so they do have goals filler, but I think a bit of consistency is needed um, but when they came so close to not being in this division last season, um, I think if you, if you gave them um, kind of lower mid-table, um, that probably is, probably is acceptable. You know, if they can 14th, 15th, that's not the end of the world. I don't know if anyone's going to be calling for Dean Smith's head. Um, so, so, yeah, um, obviously, Wolves fans got a bit riled when Villa came up uh, season before, uh, and they were they were they were shouting, "Ah, oh, we're going to be above Wolves. They're going to 
get into Europe, look at our players. We've got Grealish. Um, it didn't quite happen for him last season. Um, but they, they look a lot Look at that smug little face. Look at that smug little face over I'm, there. I'm trying to be very wow. impartial here. I'm trying to be very impartial. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, so uh, I'm not super confident um, about this one. And I don't think I will be super confident until um, we, we see some striker uh, progress one way or another. Um, but uh, yeah, Villa have got goals in them. Wolves have got fewer goals in them. Um, it's uh, it's Wave. precarious, this one. It's precarious. You've really sold that one then. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I actually just need to apologise to Ollie Watkins here because he does have three in his last four. <laughs> but, uh, t- t- yeah, they all, came, they all came within two games. Hasn't scored in two games. It's a bit of a drought, Ollie. What are you doing, pal? <laughs> um, no, he's, he's a very good striker. Give him, um, a Give him a penalty quick. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Oh, man, he's going to score a hat-trick now. After, no, he's fact, not. You know what? You what? He's not going to score a hat-trick. He's going to score none. <laughs> the Wolves are going to win. I've just wrapped myself into seven different knots there. So what? I'm just going to say, what's your prediction for this one? <laughs> I can't predict that Wolves aren't going to win uh, a Midlands derby. So uh, I'm going to say we'll squeak a 1-0. Um, Podence nipping in um, and, and chipping the ball over the keeper. Very nice. You've, not that you've dreamed about that at all. Yeah. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go... I'm going to go with Villa. All right, then. I see how it is. I, I am going to go with Villa. Yeah. And, and not just out of some sort of Ollie Watkins apology prediction. But um, no, I, I'm, I'm going to go with Villa. I, I think, like you said, they're kind of saturated with goals, aren't they? Like even the likes of McGinn and Hurahan set pieces and all that sort of stuff as well. Um, they can be quite direct when they need to be. Um, I think they'll have probably looked at that Liverpool performance and and not obviously not that they're anywhere near Liverpool's level or style of performance, but they will see that as um, there's some cracks there. Uh, I've looked at actually quickly Samedo. Bit hot and cold, Samedo. I don't, is that is that just me from what I've seen? I feel like he sometimes just looks a little bit out of position. I don't know. N- maybe not the most disciplined. I don't know if yeah, that comes yeah, with being a Barca because, and you don't have to defend. <laughs> yeah, basically. I think because he's asked to, to, to be up and down the pitch, he's settling into that role in this wolf side. Um, he did get caught out um, for, for one of the goals recently and um, <laughs> it, got, it got brought up in the analysis uh, quite strongly. Um, but he is obviously supremely talented. He's very good on the ball. I think he is an upgrade on Doc all round. But the consistency and that little bit of strength um, and that, uh, the yeah, just the consistency that, that Doc brought, we, we loved. But we do like Samedo. He is uh, he's showing signs, but uh, we're going to give him a little bit of time. It takes people some time to adapt to the new league. So um, uh, thumbs up for Samedo. Spoken like a true, true, desperately optimistic fan. Uh, <laughs> moving on. Once you have watched uh, Villa's great win against Wolves, uh, you can choose, switch over the channel uh, to Sky Sports Premier League main event and now TV for the 5.30 kickoff. Oh, it's a bit of a cracker. It's Manchester United versus Manchester City. Um, I mean... This is not our first rodeo when we're talking about Man United after a crippling defeat. I, I'm, I mean, I know what you're going to say. That's the thing. I know what you're going to say now, and you probably know what I'm going to say now. Can we, can we find that clip from a few weeks ago? Oh, he's doing a really good job, I think. Uh, he's doing really good. Man United look much better. And, uh, 
<laughs> Why did you call more Cockney when trying to do an impression of me? Um, <laughs> yeah, mate, you've done all right, mate. Yeah. Let's live in oh, London, well, you know. So sold out to the, the hustle and bustle. Um, yeah, so what are we thinking? Uh, Ollie in, Ollie out, Ollie oh, is fine. I just, I don't know, you know. I, I, I'm, I'm leaning more and more Ollie out, but I just think so much of this is. Can you blame the players for not having a shred of backbone between them? But like, I look at that team, I watched the other night and I was impressed by, well, McTominay's got a bit of a shout on him. McTominay is sort of, you know, that bit of aggression, which is good. Um, he clearly cares. I'm sure there are others in there who who care, and and I'm not I'm not having a total character assassination across the across the board there. But people like Maguire, I think he's a really nice guy. Really, really like him. I like him for England. I think he's he's had a hard time with you know he, he's over scrutinised sometimes. It just doesn't always inspire. You don't know what happens behind the scenes, but he doesn't always inspire that sort of. Classic Man United turn of the century, Keen esque. We will not accept defeat. Um, is just post match interviews are very raw and very honest. Um, I just don't always see that that sharp glint in the eye, with, which says, you know what, we're going to come back next week and, and destroy whoever it is, no matter who they are. Um, I think there is a point there on Maguire, yeah. definitely. Um, but maybe it's <laughs> the question. It shouldn't be on uh, Harry Maguire wanting it enough. It maybe should be actually should Man United have spent eighty million pounds on Harry Maguire? Because when it's you look at money. a similar transfer like Virgil Van Dijk, that no one can question how perfect that decision was from a board level to sanction that sort of money on a centre back. Mm. Whereas Man United's board sanctioning that sort of money on Harry Maguire, who would, yes, have been very good at Leicester and is very good on the ball, but it has been seen, hindsight's very good, that maybe that £80 million was less well spent than the 75 on Virgil van Dijk. Different sort of player, isn't it? Yeah, because I think van Dijk is one of those who just dictates the whole team from, from mm-hmm. centre. But he's like a quarterback almost, like if you go, go the NFL sort of way. He, he dictates the game as a centre-back, whereas Maguire feels like a really, really expensive, like a no-nonsense defender, or, or he should be that. that. That's what I see him as. I don't see him as this incredible technical sort of gifted ball player. I see him as as a head, a head and legs, essentially. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, stick a foot in, stick a head in, job done. Um, yeah, I, I, I really do like him. I think he's, he's still a good centre-back. He is a good centre-back. I just... The other night, again, I feel like he should have been automatically, instinctively sending that ball, I think it was the third goal, just sending that ball halfway to the other side of Europe, pretty much. Like, he just sort of left it. And it was like, I know De Gea probably should have shouted. De Gea is another one who I just don't think has that presence, maybe, that Man United need. Um, just looks a bit looks a bit limp across the park, I think, Man United. Uh, I really like Fernandez, just quality, absolute quality. He, he kind of drags, um, he's one player who drags others to raise their game, or I feel like he does. He's sliding balls through and forcing those ahead of him to make runs. He's, you know, free kicks, he's hitting the bar with them, coming very close. He's the guy who is keeping Ole Gunnar Solskjaer in a job. I think he's the one who is lifting the team. I don't really see anybody else in that team really 
you know, raising other people's games. Um, I actually, oh, I want to say it as well, dare I say, not always the biggest fan of Rashford. I think Rashford is a talented, talented boy and he scores some absolute worldies. I just think when the going gets tough, he disappears a little bit. I, I genuinely didn't know he was on the pitch. I didn't know he was on the pitch for a long time the other night. And I think sometimes you need more than that sort of magical moment every so often. You need to, he needs to be talking to those around him. I don't think I've ever really seen him sort of like chatting on to people or pointing. And I don't know. He could be, could be more of a leader from the front is what I feel with, with Rashford. I think, I think, we see, we've been kind of shown by the media so often. In my brain, I've just got pictures of Man United players with the camera just focused on them being a little bit disappointed. Like they've yeah. just given away yeah. a corner when they could have like cleared the ball. And it's just them being a bit like, ah. Oh. Um, and I just feel like I've got pictures of basically every player in Man United doing that. Martial just kind of hitting the keeper when he really should be scoring. Lindelof looking ice cool and then giving away a cheap free kick or something. Mm. I think there is a few too many moments from like the majority of players doing that. And I think you're right with Rashford because he is obviously supremely talented. And I don't think we should forget how young he is. Um, There's a lot of responsibility on those shoulders. But... At this point in Man United's life cycle, when you know things look good and then things look terrible, as they always do with Man United, it's one or the other. Um, there are players that, that you want. I think you want to see Cavani on the pitch now, that kind of hmm. um, siege mentality, that kind of fight, that bite, that grit. Um, which is why I, I quite like you shouting out Scott McTominay as well. You know, the eFootball e Pez 2020 cover star, Scott McTominay. Um, <laughs> that's what he's famously known as. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's what the mates call him down the, down the pub. Um, I'm, sure, I'm not sure he's the most supremely talented player there, but you know that he's going to fight and scrap and have that grit. Um, and, and like you said, I don't quite see that from every player um, and people. Yeah, so there's, there's, there's problems in that United side, as we very well know. Mm, I think that yeah, they are just technically very, very tight. It's not about ability, because if it's on ability, that, that squad is as good as pretty much any in the, in the league, or certainly the 11. You could, you could line up that 11 and, and on paper, sort of, you know, it would, it would go toe-to-toe with pretty much everyone. It's just, it, it clearly is mentality. And, and, and you see with the, the comebacks and the near comeback the other night, just one goal and it just flicks a switch and, and suddenly it's like their brains sort of just engage. Something activates in all those Man United players and, and that's where it's a shared responsibility I think between you know these players having I think there was an interesting point made actually uh, I think was it Scholes might have been Scholes or Ferdinand just saying that they should it was Scholes saying they should have been up for that game you shouldn't need like sort of coaxing to get up for a Champions League game like that of that magnitude and it just didn't look like they were up for it. So I think there's got to be a lot of, um, you know, looking into yourselves from Man United players. Um, also, you know, on, on Ole's part as well to, to set them up in the best way possible. Don't think his game management has been particularly um, superb in the last few weeks, really. Um, there's obviously, I just think this is a collective effort. I don't think it's, I don't think it's a simple sack manager and everything is, bright and rosy I think there's a lot of soul searching that needs to happen at Man United yeah totally right agree um, and a brief one uh, on Manchester City 
obviously big Manchester derby this. Manchester City up to seventh, which sounds, <laughs> sounds just completely weird to say. I wrote that on my notes. Manchester City up to seventh. Um, feels like they're coming into a, a little bit of form with a lot of runway ahead of them in terms of decent fixtures coming up. Um, five clean sheets uh, in a row in all competitions since their Spurs win. Uh, sorry, since their Spurs defeat. Um, eight out of ten games, clean sheets. The only teams who have found a way past are Spurs and Liverpool. Aguero coming back, scored the other night. De Bruyne got a full 90 minutes rest the other night. Um, Sterling has rested. Ferran Torres, your boy, still scoring. Things, they seem to have turned a little bit of a corner. And, and this could be a pretty... Uh, this is a big game for Man United to try and weather the storm because City are coming for them. Definitely. I think defensively, they're looking much better with Ruben Diaz um, playing a lot more. He's, I think he's brought a bit of consistency back there. Um, and we, we, we spoke about the problems they've had up top. Gabriel Jesus being injured. Um, Sergio Aguero been missing. Obviously, massive players to replace. And they've, they've played a, a range of players across the front line. Sterling and Torres among them, who have, who've done okay, but um, haven't been prolific um, I think they're kind of missing a little bit of that David Silver class, you know, that invention, that kind of holding the ball until the the perfect moment for the pass to be made uh, through that back line. Um, obviously, they've got Kevin De Bruyne, who's wonderful, but um, I think his passing game is slightly different to David Silver's. I think David Silver works in those edge of the box situations where it's just a, a needle point pass through the lines, where Kevin De Bruyne is slightly better at those kind of sweeping long mm. balls all those those fizz through balls so um, I think they've missed a bit of that David Silver class um, which is why I'd love to see him going for Grealish uh, in January but that's yeah, another conversation yeah, um, yeah you, you do want those those players who can sort of not just pick out a magical moment or you know destroy a player at will you want those players just who are sort of saturated with quality who just everything they do is just a little you know a confident little touch here a confident little touch there I think of David Silva, I think of people like, you know, Iniesta and stuff with Barcelona, where I'm sure they've got a lot of talented boys there now. Um, but they're not, they're not just oozing that class throughout the game. And, and like you saw with Grealish again for England, probably the best example recently of a player who just will carry the ball. Everything they do is just, is just sharp and classy. Yeah, it's hard to replace those. I think we've seen, uh, you know, across the board, for for most of the most of the big clubs now that they've lost them, uh, those small touches done perfectly um, is a really is a really important thing. So they've missed him, but with Aguero back, um, obviously that's going to help if he can start scoring again and start playing and, and linking play in a slightly different way. Um, I think I think the signs are good for City, um, and no, it's not too late for a title charge. So do not. Write them out, Michael. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, not that I got them written out <laughs> <You know, laughs> on my on my imaginary <laughs> writing out of the title race board. Uh, two questions for you, Mr. Wilson, before yeah. we head on to uh, fantasy Premier League tips and and joys. Uh, prediction. Um, City, one 0 City. Yeah, I'm going. Right I mean, this is exactly the sort of game that Man United win, isn't it? <laughs> This is exactly the sort of game they'll just go out and win 2-0. Uh, let's go City. Let's go City 2-0. Yeah. But we all know this is going to be United 2-0. Um, and your second question, Ollie in, Ollie out. Oh, I'm so glad that's not my decision. Uh, Ollie in. Um, I don't like managers getting sacked uh, ever, but mid-season, definitely. 
um, yeah, what what's going to happen over the course of this season that they can't come back from if they get Allegri in July? I'd like to see. I'd like to see him give him more time, and I'd like to see. I'd like to see the players book up their ideas. If I'm honest, yeah. I I still think you can't just keep flipping and changing team manager. I know they've had Solskjaer for a little while now, but um, yeah, those players need to look at themselves and 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 g themselves up for the big games starting this weekend. Um, moving on to fantasy Premier League before we wrap it up for the week. Uh, I had a pretty good week last time out. You know, defenders, nice. defenders are the way. I got rid of Cody. I got rid of Semedo, um, and I got rid of some some other some other nobody. Um, I went in for Hugo Lloris. I went in for Eric Dyer, and I went in for Yannick Vestergaard. And if, if that's not the best idea, then I don't know what is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vestergaard with a goal, Lloris with a clean sheet, Dyer with a clean sheet. Uh, I think Spurs, Chelsea, Man City—they're the defenders you're looking at at the moment. They've uh, all conceded less, well, 11 or fewer this season so far. Um, Chelsea, you probably want to go chill while Zuma. City would be Walker. I'd always go with Kyle Walker, but he didn't play against Fulham, which just makes it a bit tricky. Um, and my final tip is your boy Danny Ings is back. Yeah. And he already scored. <laughs> he came <laughs> on for 45 minutes, and of course he was going to score. Um, yeah, crazy. But uh, I'm, 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 I'm very tempted for a very swift return to Dings. Yeah, he's hard to look past, isn't he? He's so clinical. Maybe um, maybe Everton faltering, Calvert-Lewin maybe, taking a risk, maybe getting him out. I don't know. Depends how much money you got. Depends what your front line looks like. Um, but yeah, I do love Ings. Um, and I think I agree with you on the defenders. I've got Chilwell and Zuma. Um, and my defence is where I'm looking to make a transfer uh, this week. I think James Justin is on his um, he's on very thin ice. He's on his last chance. Um, he's got Brighton uh, with Leicester this week, uh, and if he doesn't get if he doesn't get points all, he's got three points in his last three weeks. I'm not happy with that. Um, I think it's Ruben Diaz time. Um, I think that's a good way into the City bat line. Um, pair him and Cancelo. Um, play Zuma and Chilwell, and then um, yeah. Um, I still like McCarthy in goal. I like McCarthy. Yeah, good. Yeah, I think that's Solid. fine. I think that's fine. Mm-hmm. I, so, uh, yeah. I was buzzing when Vestergaard <laughs> when Vestergaard hit that scored. I was just like, yes, my boy. Because <laughs> uh, a few people in my league have uh, Kyle Walker, Peters, and McCarthy, and then uh, I was the only one with Vestergaard. And I was just like, yeah, boy, what a, what a <laughs> I, I am the special one. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I had my Mourinho moment last week. That was pretty cool. Um, I, my my final one as well. I'm, I'm I've given up with Rodriguez, James Rodriguez. He's gone. Yeah. He's always going. Um, I need to know whether Pedro Neto is a, is a shout. I like Neto. He's going to be playing now, week in, week out. But like I said, you know, Wolves don't score loads, and um, he's not. He's not like super bargain. He's cheap, but not, mm. but not super bargain. So um, I'm not really looking at any Wolves players at the minute. I'm a little tentative, Michael. Interesting. Interesting, because my, my plan was, I've got Shea Adams, so the plan was potentially Rodriguez and Adams out, and then have, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Um, yeah, we'll see, we'll see. Anyway, wrapping it up, what's coming up in Match of the Day magazine this time around, Mr. Wilson? 
Yes, so we had our Christmas special and now it's my favourite time of year. Yes, we have a very special mag on shelves right now and it includes our 100 best players in the world rankings. So yeah, all the biggest ballers are in this. Messi's in it, Ronaldo, Sterling, Lukaku, Benzema, Sancho, Werner, Lewandowski, Oblak, Neymar, Mbappe, they're all in there ranked. So you'll get to find out who the best player in the world is According to Match Today magazine, you can't miss this one, Michael, mate. Wow. I thought you were just going to say Marilyn Monroe, Ryan, start of the fire. <laughs> like, I thought you were just rattling off all of those names there. Uh, I mean, I, I genuinely wish people could see this. I pe- wish people could see how excited you get and how big my smile is when you do the, the Match of the magazine hype bit. But anyway, glorious. <laughs> um, thank you very much, as ever, Mr. Wilson. We'll see you next week for our big, we're going to go for a Football Times Christmas edition. Um, nothing to do with the fact that we're just awful for Christmas, but we're going to go for the big old Christmas edition because what is Christmas without some form of Radio Times input? Uh, you can come to radiotimes.com slash sport for all of the latest sporting previews. We will keep you up to date with all of the Christmas games, all the schedules, just everything. Everything you need to know to watch all of the football this Christmas time. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next week. Cheers. <laughs>